Don't go to Amazon.com. It's a waste of your time. You're wasting your time. You have to go to FeralAudio.com and shop your Amazon shopping through the FeralAudio.com Amazon portal. It's a button that says Shop Amazon. You click it. The funds go to the uh, Feral Audio artists. It's such a great thing to the do. The funds go to us, and the fun goes to you. Gentlemen, summer is still here, and you know what that means. Blockbuster sequels. The first time I was ever in the captain's chair on this podcast was episode three, Bald Metal. It's still one of the best playlists any of us has yet assembled for this program. And it's also, far and away, the worst, dumbest genre name any of us have come up with. So today, I'm going to double down on that incredibly forced pun by captaining our very first sequel episode. I can't tell you how happy I am that you're revisiting this. Your bald metal playlist is highly underappreciated. Thanks to the name. <laughs> I mean, here's, it's a clever name. Bald metal is lost hair metal. Great lost hair metal. Bald lost metal. hair, bald metal. That was very well explained by me. Yeah, the, but the best part of the name is that you have to explain it every time so you know what the genre is. And like jokes, that makes a great genre name. Mm -hmm. That certainly explains why it shows up on Steve's episodes. I love jokes, and I love bald metal. The original bald metal list was just a list of great lost hair metal. Just a list? It's like the Ten Commandments of rediscovering and reappreciating hair metal. You're right, JD. I'm going to up my assessment of myself. And I'm also going to go back to that well of Aquanet hairspray once again. But this time out, I want to spotlight a slightly more specific subset of it. These are the rockers that were too raucous for Top 40 Radio, but not ballsy enough for the quote-unquote real metal fans who watched Headbangers Ball. These are the in-betweeners whose audience found them in one main place. This is Bald Metal 2 Dial MTV Rock. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, the greatest podcast on the internet. We create genres of music, and then we count them down. My name is J.D. Riznar. I'm Hollywood Steve Huey. I'm in the captain's chair this week. I'm David Lyons. I'm sitting next to the captain's chair this week. And I'm Hunter Stare. I'm sitting to a catty corner. Kitty corner. Kitty corner. Catty corner. Depends on your regional dialect. Wow. What's Michigan? It's a state in the United States of America. Kitty Corner. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we created the genre of Yacht Rock, so every week we like to throw a bone to the Yacht Rock genre. And the song we're listening to now is called Hold On To Love by a little fella named John Anderson. Oh. And wait, John Anderson from Yes? Yeah, I'll talk about that in just one second. Pocket this, frog. This is a weird song because of that, Steve, and because it's from 1988. But the sound, oh. the sound is unmistakable Yacht Rock. So John Anderson, yes, singer of Yes, he's going solo with this song from his album called In the City of Angels, which means in Los Angeles. Oh. Or heaven. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Or a uh, Vim Benders movie. So this is this song is so weird. It's the singer of the world's greatest prog band going Yacht Rock way too late on an album jam-packed with Toto members, yet on this, the most Yacht Rockin'est song on the album 
is the one with fewest members of Toto on it. That can sometimes make sense. Yeah. You they know what? They have a tendency to rock every now and again. City of Angels was a Nick Cage movie. Based, based on, on the Vim Vendor's movie, Wings of, Wings of Desire. Wings Sorry, guys. I believe it's pronounced Wings of Desire. Fabulous facts, guys. <laughs> See, they're, they're about Vim Vendor's Wings. Yeah, I, I get it. You got it? One of us in this room has worked with them. I uh, don't think it was you. What do you think about this, JD? I think it's, I think it's terrible. Riveting? Oh, no. Oh. I think it's tear. Is Dave dropping names again? Uh, fuck you. Thank you. This is in 1988? In 1988. This song, but this, this song was written by a fellow whose best work was done in the 60s. It's written by Lamont Dozier ah. of Holland, Dozier Holland, a writing team of the biggest hits in Motown history. Um, and it just goes to show you how much of Yacht Rock is just extrally written soul music uh, sung in a very unsoulful way by white performers. Yeah. It's that, that, that's that balance. When stuff is too soulful, you have to, you have to rock it over to the left. When something has John Anderson on it, you don't really have to touch it that much. <laughs> and you still, you still do hear a lot of a uh, sort of proggy in here. Yeah, you just gotta lessen the yeah. John Anderson. Yeah, turn down the John Anderson and turn up the yacht. Whoa. I think you're there. Yes. <laughs> it's what very is this good. Part? I don't know. It's very good though. Dubious. Um. So, like, finding late era yacht rock is it's very hard to do. Um, and you have to be careful when looking at it, looking for it, because there's a lot of smooth jazz with yacht rock undertones, but it's just not yacht rock. That's too jazzy, too gentle. But when I find something like this song, oh, it just it makes me so happy. My theory on late yacht rock is what happened to it is that you had all these pieces that converged to make yacht rock. They combined like Voltron to make yacht rock, and then as it sort of started to die, they broke apart and they all went their separate ways again. They split back up. So that when you think of stuff that's yacht rock or guys who used to play yacht rock, they're they're back to their like core stuff that they did before. And, well, last week's bone throw was um, shit. What was it? Uh, what good is love? With uh, Bill Champlin and Jay Graydon, they redid it in '87, and it's even yachtier than the '78 original. What? Well, Jay Graydon put out some kind of album in 1990, I think, that has a song on it called "Roxanne." That's as yachty as anything you're gonna find in '78. Jay Graydon and Randy Goodrum have a band called Jar, and they put out an album in 2006, and there's some definite yacht rock tones on that album. Holy shit, guys! <laughs> We're gonna have bone throws for years. Oh, I got a huge bone throw. Find <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> So finding great late era yacht rock like this is like finding uh, like a pull tab beer can in your grandpa's basement. Yeah, a little you know? some yeah. Billy beer. Yeah, a little little two pack of Billy beer because the other four are gone. Hey guys, we have an outro to this segment now to get us to the next segment. Do you want to hear it? It's by Rob Crow. I do. Here it is. Beyond the yacht rock. Holy shit! Beautiful. That's good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Good. Steve. Me. Tell us about the genre Bald Metal 2, Dial MTV Rock. All right, guys. All right, first let me quickly explain that Dial MTV was the first version of what later generations knew as Total Request Live. Oh, boy. Same call-in line idea, same countdown format. It just wasn't done in front of an audience of shrieking teenagers. Goddamn millennials. But the music, the music they played was pretty much the late 80s equivalent of TRO. It was like current hard rock for the kids who like boy music and teen idol-type pop for the kids who like girl music. It was also hosted by Adam Curry, who at the time, actually before that, hosted Headbangers Ball. 
prior to Ricky Rackman. Yeah, because before Ricky Rackman. And as far as I can tell... That was the name I was trying to think of last time we were talking about this. As far as I can tell, the only reason Adam Curry was hosting Headbangers Ball was because he had long hair. That was really his only qualification for hosting that. Adam Curry very much preferred the hair bands to the underground thrash guys. But Adam Curry, he was a delight. You watch an old episode of Dial MTV, Adam Curry was the Facebook news feed or the Twitter of the time. Like, aside from the countdown, he'd also recite, like, all those water cooler headlines, uh, news of the day type of thing. It's really like your lame aunt who reposts every news story you've ever heard about in the last three days. That's Adam Curry hosting this show. Yeah, he also became extremely hated, too. Yeah. I made bumpers uh, from an episode of Dial MTV, so we'll actually have uh, Adam Curry counting down for us today. This makes me so happy. They're good. I've heard them. Uh, so we're gonna be we're gonna be hearing two types of hair metal today. The first type we heard in the opening, we covered Winger's Seventeen in the Stat Tracks episode. It's a perfect example of a record company marketing marketing formula that worked like a charm on me over and over and over again. The first single from any hair metal album has to be a rocker that hooks in the core teenage male audience. That's where Dial MTV comes in. And then the second single is the power ballad that pulls in the chicks. That's what lands you on mainstream top 40 radio and breaks you big. So the first type of song we're going to hear is the lead single rockers that did not make the pop top 20 because they were just too rebellious and hard-edged, like Winger, and were then followed by a power ballad that did make the pop top 20, thus fulfilling the commercial formula. In uh, Winger's case, the hit ballad turned out to be headed for a heartbreak. Bravo on uh, saying pop top 20. Top top 20. That was great. Thank you. Uh, the second type of hair metal is what we're hearing t- right now. This is a band called Tora Tora with their Dial MTV hit Walkin' Shoes. Everything here, sound, style, production, presentation, the band's look, it's pure hair metal, but it's bluesier than your usual pop metal, pop metal hit. It's also clear, though, that these guys primarily learned the blues by listening to Aerosmith and ZZ Top. (laughs) And they were not a power ballad type of band, so they never had a mainstream hit that broke them big. So they're in that in-between space where they're too pop for the more underground headbangers ball crowd that was more into thrash. But they're not nearly pop enough for actual pop. So Dial MTV was also their natural habitat. Nice, nice intro, Steve. You nailed it. Thanks. Yeah. Can I can I mention something just briefly? Uh, I hope so. I don't like the term glam metal. I, I know. I don't either. Wait, did yeah. it, nobody said glam. Metal. I know, but but if you just like, related to this genre, okay. I prefer I prefer hair metal. Yeah, it should or, be or cock rock. But it should be called hair metal. It should be everybody should know it as hair metal, not glam metal. If it was known as glam metal, glam is more appropriately referred. It's a more appropriate term for British music in the seventies that was not metal. Yes, and if it was called glam metal, we wouldn't be able to call this bald metal. Are you guys ready to give in the wayback machine and take a, a, a travel through time to nineteen ninety? God damn, am I ready? Good afternoon, it's Adam Curry back with you. Time once again for Dial MTV, a whole hour of the music you like the most. Today we kick the chart off at number 10. With Damn Yankees, this is Coming of Age. This is one of the lead single rockers that was followed up by a hit power ballad. Uh, Coming of Age is definitely a stat track. 
And of course, it was also the immediate predecessor to High Enough, the top five power ballad hit. Since it's a stat track, there's a good chance that Ted Nugent is involved, and he was. I mean, this first verse is such a jam, like the guitar is so tasty. It's really too bad that it describes uh, the first encounter that will lead to a rape. I, I just want to say, for the record, after listening to the song and looking at the lyrics, I believe the song is about a stripper who is over the age of 18, but still young. Okay, listen, again, to, uh, listen to Hunter defending the pedophiles again. Again, it's Ted Nugent, though. Ted Nugent, it's though. Ted Nugent. They say, well, why would she get on stage? Because she lied about her age. She was probably slipped drugs by an older Ted Nugent. No, she's a <laughs> stripper who's getting on stage. <laughs> Uh, this is my absolute favorite Damn Yankees song. I had this verse melody stuck in my head a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't remember what it was. And then when I went down your trickster rabbit hole, I listened to this song, and it got the earworm out of my head and reminded me of my favorite Damn Yankees song. So thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for giving away my trickster upcoming track. Uh, anyway, I, we just heard the chorus, and it makes reference to Little Junior being in a rage. And I, the, my interpretation of the song, I think some people would say that the underage chick they're singing about is making Little Junior horny, but I believe Little Junior's in a fit of anger watching the hot classmate that he had a super huge crush on go backstage to fuck the gross old dudes and damn Yankees. <laughs> I think Little Junior's Ted Nugent's dick. It could be his butthole, or something yeah. that swells when he gets horny. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And Damn Yankees was a bunch of old dudes. These were like old arena rock farts repackaging themselves for the hair metal era. They had Ted Nugent. Uh, they also had uh, Jack Blades from Night Ranger and Tommy Shaw from Styx. And for the record, these old farts' ages range from Tommy Shaw at 36 to the Nugent 41. So pretty much our age range. I'm Tommy Shaw. I'm Jack Blades. <laughs> that, that makes you the nude, Steve. I'm Ted fucking Nugent. Kiss my ass. That was good. good one. No, I guess good. Sorry. So I love this super group. They're so random. It, uh, it'd be a really fun game to draw names of random 70s and 80s arena rock guys and like come up with a name for them and then ha you have a drink and then you call their managers and try to make the band happen. All right, let's do it. Like, okay. I got Kevin Cronin from Ario on vocals, Getty Lee on bass, yeah. got Mick Jones from Foreigner on guitar, and the drummer from Cheap Trick. Oh, Bunny Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> the band's called Hot Weekend. Get me, uh, get, get me the Hollywood phone book. Uh, I got Eddie Money on vocals, King Crimson and Bad Company's bass player, Boz Burrell. That's a deep one. Billy Squire on guitar and backup vocals, and the drummer from Boston. And I'd call the band Unflushable Turd. All right, my turn. I got Ronnie James Dio, Ooh. Manny from the Stone Roses. Almost rhymes. Greg Jinn from Black Flag, and Mickey Hart from the Grateful Dead. Their name is No Refunds. <laughs> I don't know if Greg Ginn ever associated himself with arena rock. There was an actual other band of repackaged old farts who could have qualified for this genre, and that was Bad English, uh, and their largely forgotten debut single, Forget Me Not, except that was never really on dial MTV that I remember. Kids were not voting for that. Uh, this song only reached number 60 on the pop charts, but it hit number one on the mainstream rock charts, likely because unadventurous rock radio programmers had actually heard of these guys before. Hunter, I forgot to say, thank you for including Greg Ginn. I think that may have been for me, and I appreciate no, it. No, I, I literally put names in a hat. I oh. thought we were doing this for real. I did it. <laughs>
Countdown continues of an hour with the music you like the most and returning to Dial M TV at number nine today is... Is Junkyard with Hollywood. Uh, yeah! Junkyard was sort of one of those in-betweener blues hair bands. Uh, this song... Never charted anywhere but Dial MTV, and there was no ballad follow-up. This is kind of their their Welcome to the Jungle-esque expose of the dirty, sleazy underbelly of all that glitz and Welcome glamour out of the, the Hollywood scene. Uh, and it's also, I didn't realize this until I looked at the lyrics, it's also our second stat track in a row. This is the first verse is about a 12-year-old male prostitute who has to beat off a couple of dads. Ooh. And that was a quote. That's great. You know, the song is like, Welcome to the Jungle. We got a song to rip off. We're going to sing in the exact same style as Axel, and it won't sound good. I, I just want to say this is the first bald metal band you've introduced that I've never heard of before. Yeah. So I'm super pumped to learn some fun facts. Yeah, I knew well, this one. Here's some fun facts. Uh, we all know that uh, from Dave's episodes, we all know that n- number nine is the punk rock slot. And Junkyard has a surprising foundation in punk rock. Uh, two members were active on the Austin, Texas punk scene before moving to California to hit it big in the, the hair metal game. And Dave... Would you care to talk about Junkyard guitarist Brian Baker? Steve, I was dying to. I knew you were. Brian Baker was a founding member of Minor Threat. He played bass, then guitar, then back to bass in that band. He was also in Dag Nasty with Dave Smalley (laughs) from Down By Law. Good one. And was part of the original Sam Hain lineup with Danzig. He turned down a a touring spot in R.E.M. to join Bad Religion, where he's been since 1994. And they still introduce him as Minor Threat's Brian Baker. Uh, actually, Junkyard was his only complete departure from punk. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. Good job. Man, you'd be great at having a punk show on this <laughs> one day. We'll get there. Oh, will we? So like Steve said, these hair metal bands, have, they do a lot of blues. In fact, the first album on... Uh, this is the first song on this album is called Blues, spelled B-L-O-O-Z-E. Yeah, and that was kind of uh, what rock critics of the time kind of used as a term for this type of stuff, like That's this sub-Aerosmith sleaze boogie. I think it's gr- I think it's a great genre, just like when hair metal bands do shitty blues, it's blues, because it's got the booze from the Sunset Strip, yeah. and it's got... And it's JD gotten, just pantomimed uh, drinking some booze, or maybe it was uh, jerking off a dad, filleting someone. <laughs> blues is a wonderful nighttime companion to the sunny day of blaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to boring jazz during the day. No, it, it's just it's just the generic term. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. But it's, boring jazz would be described as blaz. Yeah, bland jazz. Right? As long as it's colorful and looks extremely 80s. Yeah. Climbing up the countdown two notches today to number eight. She's their new one. This is Jackal with their debut single, Down On Me. That's right, Dave. I've chosen a Jackal song that is not the Lumberjack. I like this one because it kind of sounds a little bit about like that damn Yankees song. Yeah, I it thought starts. This, yeah it I, starts out very similarly. Uh, um, I thought there was a mistake again on your computer. You're really going to want to listen to the subtlety of the lyrics in this it's, one. It's some very, very, very subtle double entendres that people might miss if they're not paying close attention. But if you're not paying close attention, this is the song that got him invited to Woodstock 94. 
before because it sounds like they're a bunch of fucking hippies because they're song singing about the sun. Oh. Wait, wait, Jackal? More like AC shitty. Uh, Jackal was the most overtly southern rock influenced band of the hair era. Uh, so they're kind of, this is kind of blues by rednecks, uh, but it also gave them a certain stylistic independence that helped keep them going after the heyday of hair metal had long since passed. Uh, this one, even though most people remember the Lumberjack better, this one actually charted higher on the mainstream rock radio chart. It went top ten. Uh, and uh, I looked up a lot of fun facts about Jackal's lead singer, Jesse James Dupree. Uh, this podcast, we, we're often fascinated by the outside business ventures of rock stars. And Jesse has a lot that I didn't know about. Uh, he's got his own line of booze, just like Sammy Hagar. Smart man. Yep. It's named, it's named after the original Jesse James, the one that Sheriff shot down in flames after he was shot in the back by the coward Robert Ford, that Jesse James. So there's Jesse James, America's Outlaw Bourbon, and Jesse James, America's Outlaw Unfiltered Wheat Beer, which from what I can gather is roughly the same stylistic ballpark as Bell's Oberon, a Michigan classic. The whiskey gets better reviews than the beer, so if you're going to start somewhere, I guess start there. <laughs> yeah, whiskey for beer. Mm. Never clear. In the clear. Here's my favorite fun fact that you found, Steve. That, What's that? Uh, Jesse James now is the general manager of Kiefer Sutherland's record label, Ironworks. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I love this. I can see Kiefer bragging about that at a party. Somebody's like, hey, Kiefer. <laughs> Who you got running your label? And he goes, ever heard of Jackal? I yeah. got that guy. I got yes. him. <laughs> Ironworks is the current home of Ved Ringer Stalwart's Lifehouse. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. So there's, a, there's at least one actual band on there. Guys, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Ahead. I have another fun fact about Jesse James Dupree. Yes. Uh, another reason I don't know what he's been up to is that I've never seen the reality TV show Full Throttle Saloon, which is about the titular biker bar in Sturgis, South Dakota. Dakota, where Jesse is a business partner. Is he, so he's in the show? I believe he is in the show. Does he, yell at, Does he yell at people who are doing a bad I've, job at the bar, like I've the bar never, rescue guy? I hope so. <laughs> I would love to see a crossover with the bar rescue guy where he goes, You can't serve this to the customers. I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it all down. Shut it down. I love that guy. Thanks for doing so much. You can't shut me down. Shut up. Shut up! Uh, You're gonna before, make people sick. Before we finish jackal. this, I want to talk about Jackal's legacy, and it's oh, fine yes, if there's do. it's please fine do. if there's no music under this, because this isn't funny. This is dead serious. Jackal has eight studio albums. Think about that for a minute. Eight. The Clash has six studio albums. Two greatest hits albums and three live albums from Jackal. Their catalog rounds out at 13 goddamned albums. <laughs> Lucky 13. From Jackal. I'm so Down glad we... on me. So glad we did all this Get research on Jackal. <laughs> Good to see these guys climbing up the chart once again. Also two spots upwards to number seven. It's Bang Tang. 
bingo with someone like you. Uh, and a very poor attempt at an Eddie Van Halen yeah. guitar intro. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's some uh, non-flashy arpeggios. Uh, Bang Tango is another band that never had a power ballad to break them big. Much like Tora Tora, Bang Tango tended to live in the lower reaches of the countdown. They never quite conquered it, but they stuck around long enough to make this their debut single, Someone Like You, into a necessary song of the era, in my opinion. But they didn't stick around long enough to have many as many studio albums as Jackal. These no. guys only had six. Hey, they're Bang Tango. Only six. They're Bang Tango, the hair metal astronauts took to the moon. That's my ta- Bang Tango joke. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Buzz Aldrin's <laughs> laughing somewhere in, um, in, in uh, Joe Walsh heaven. Or is he really dead? Buzz Aldrin? Anybody I don't know. Know? Wait, hold on. No, didn't he die? No, Neil Armstrong you, died. No, your call. Your call, Jay. Okay, Buzz Aldrin, R.I.P. No, I think he's... R.I.P. No, Buzz it's Aldrin. his call. Anyway, we're wasting a lot of time yeah, debating this. When I heard this song at first, I'm like, I know why this song failed. It's terrible. But then this chorus came in, and this chorus is awesome. The vocals yeah, are a little flat when he goes falsetto, but that's fine because the lead singer looks like a beautiful... He's a beautiful man, like if Danzig were a woman. And it's hard to look that good and sound perfect. So he's got an excuse for sounding flat. And he's got, and much like much of the band, he's got a great name. The lead singer's name is Joe Liste. Uh, his bandmates include bassist Kyle Kyle, <laughs> not to be confused with guitarist Kyle Stevens, and drummer Tig Kettler. No, Tig, not Kyle Tig Stevens. With two G's. I'm not talking about Kyle Stevens. I meant Kyle Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and the name stuck. Uh, Kyle Stevens. Why can't I be Kyle Kyle? I was first. Shut up, Kyle Stevens. <laughs> These guys sound like a bad Guns N' Roses ripoff, but the other half of their songs sound like terrible Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, they tried to incorporate ripoff. funk no. into their so They weren't like a bluesy band. They tried to incorporate funk, which made some reviewers go, oh, I guess this is better than those other bands. Uh, it's not really aesthetically successful. Yeah, I'd prefer a heroin overdose to a Chili Peppers ripoff <laughs> any day. Any fucking day of the week. I think a heroin overdose is a Chili Peppers ripoff. What's if you the, die from heroin, I think you what's are the, trying to rip off Red Hot Chili Peppers. What's the joke? Uh, what What did the Chili Peppers manager do when he didn't like their new tracks? Bought them long sleeve T-shirts. Is that a Neil, Neil Hamburger, Hamburger joke? Yeah, it's a Neil, Neil Hamburger, Hamburger joke. Okay. All right, let's get back to our own material. So there's a documentary on YouTube about Bang Tango, which I bet you never thought you'd be able to view... A, the story of their lives, but it's called Attack of Life, the Bang Tango Movie. It was a full-length documentary. It was directed by Drew Fortier, who subsequently ended up joining the band as rhythm guitarist. Ah, that was his calling card, the documentary. <laughs> if, and if, if it's a recurring pattern for Drew to join up with the, his documentary subjects, it's lucky for him he didn't direct that documentary about Nambla. I had no idea there was a documentary about Nambla. There is a documentary about Nambla. How would you era. interview anyone from Nambla? It's called, camera. it's called In the Woods with Ted Nugent. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to slander Ted Nugent. He only likes underage girls. Yeah. That's Nambla. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, slandering Pete Townsend would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Hey, the, the real documentary about Nambla is called Chicken Hawk. I, I don't care. Okay. 
Wait. Up two more today to number seven. Those guys are definitely uh, going places. And of course, two spots upwards on dial. In Clearwater, Florida, and this, this is a card, this is a bill you'll like. Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry are playing a gig together. Please lock up your daughter. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Today's oh, Dial saucy. MTV is sponsored by Plug hole. Oh, plug hole. Plug hole. Oh, right after we plugged the Nambla documentary. We fell into the <laughs> plug hawk. Jeez. Uh, guys, let's take just a second to talk about rhetoric coffee. Rhetoric. 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 Oh, rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, We're R big fans. It's rhetorical rhetoric. R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. Uh, you go to their website and put in the promo code Yacht Rock. You get 30% off your first bag of beans. Oh, you you don't like this music? No, I, just, I think it it's down? a little overpowering. Who cares? It's beautiful. It is beautiful. This music is from bensound.com. It's royalty free. It's wonderful, but we gotta play the pay the bills with uh, rhetoric coffee. I've had too much rhetoric coffee. I'm going crazy. I love loud music. Actually, that's not the case. Rhetoric coffee is smooth. It doesn't get like our the brand. Jitters. It doesn't like give you the jitters, brand. and it does not give you diarrhea. Again, go to rhetoriccoffee.com, put in Yacht Rock in the promo code, 30% off your first bag of beans, and you're going to be so happy you did. And make sure you spell yacht correctly, guys. It's Y-A-C-H-T. Speaking of Y-A-C-H-T, go to Y-A-C-H-T.com to get your Beyond Yacht Rock t-shirt. Oh, it's premium. It's so smooth on your skin, your nipples get hard just by putting it on. Go to YachtRock.com, not Yacht.com. Your nipples will get hard, but they won't get raw because the shirt is soft as can be. And it won't give you diarrhea. And while you're buying shirts... That's the Yacht Rock promise. While you're, go while you're buying shirts, go to jdrizner.etsy.com. Get your Iron Bob Seeger shirt. Such a great shirt. So good. Also, there might be a couple Gene Meat buttons left on the website. Yeah, yeah. Go to yachtrock.com. It won't give you diarrhea. And, of course, the Julian Loves Music podcast. We just recorded it a few days ago. Make sure you uh, subscribe to Julian Loves Music. Check us out. I've, we were probably hilarious. I think we were hilarious. I think we were. I am, I'm sure we were. And we all had diarrhea. That was plug hole. Down two to number six. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. This is uh, Slaughter with Up All Night, of course. Uh, classic marketing formula. This was their huge on MTV, but not as much on pop radio hit. Uh, this peaked at number 27. And after that, they went top 20 with the power ballad follow-up, Fly to the Angels. I just featured them in the 50 States segment for Nevada, but I saved this one for this countdown. I because am, that's what the kids called in to request. I am so glad we're getting plenty of Slaughter on our show. This song is really of the time. It's like they were baiting USA Network to try to license this song for the Gilbert Gottfried late night B-movie show, Up All Night, that sometimes showed boobs after midnight. Did you guys ever see actual boobs? No, I never night? saw actual no. nudity on USA. I think I saw some in Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama. But that was, I think, maybe Rhonda Shear was hosting then. Oh. Either yeah, way. the one who went, Up All Night, and yeah. she was like... Boobs. Boobs. Yeah, yeah, shake her, uh, yeah. shake her mommy parts. Either yeah. way, that movie defines me as a human. I don't know if anybody's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Tell us about Slaughter. Steve. Slaughter was formed by lead singer Mark Slaughter. That's his real birth name. Wow. That and was my bit. That was my bit. I had a bit that said, "Hey, you want to know Mark Slaughter's real name? Mark 
Alan Slaughter. That was it. And Slaughter is not even his first band. Is it his second band? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna his do first, that bit. His first name was Alan. Yeah, yeah. Right. See what I mean, happens when you play too much Slaughter. Yeah, you get in fights. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. It's the the music. other, the other founding member Slaughter. of Slaughter was bassist Dana Strum, which is not his real birth name. They were both members of the Vinnie Vincent Invasion with mm. guitar with ex Kiss guitarist Vinnie Vincent. Makes and apparently, sense. the record label took Vinnie's contract away from him when he overspent his credit limit with them and just transferred it to his bandmates instead. So they got a new guitarist <laughs> and a new drummer and they went for that sweet, sweet MTV cash. Wait, let me get this straight. So there's Mark Slaughter, totally appropriate for the band, and the other one is the bass player Dana Strum, yes. who is actually a guy who plucks his instrument. Yeah, you don't strum a bass guitar. That's super ironic. You, you can. I mean, you can play chords on the bass that in, uh, requires strumming, but I don't think they're... Most uh, people don't. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, Dana Strum was at that level of precision with his instrument. No. I, uh, and going back to Mark Slaughter's name, I remember an interviewer around 9-11 asking Mark Slaughter how it felt to have his band named Slaughter when all this stuff was going on in the world. It was weird because it's his actual name. Fun fact, according to TV.com, Mark Slaughter's favorite food is Japanese and Mexican. Together. <laughs> Sushi taco. Sushi taco. I was gonna do the same thing. Yeah, here's a here's a fun fact. Mark Slaughter formed a super group with Gunnar Nelson, <laughs> Kelly Kigi of Night Ranger, and Eric Martin of Mr. Big. Guess the name. Is it Big Gun Slaughter Night? Nope. Come on, guess the uh, um, improv. Uh, what? Um Stinky <laughs> and the Poop Makers. Um Record Chart Poison. Scrap metal. Alright. Uh, that makes sense. Here's a fun fact about Slaughter. Three less studio albums than Jackal. We have so many segments now, this podcast has gotten so exciting. Yeah. It's uh it's as segmented as a Laura Mulvey article. Alright, everybody. Since we're doing some hair metal, I figured I'd take you to the birthplace of Axl Rose and David Lee Roth. We're in Indiana today. Oh, that dis that explains the smell. <laughs> but instead of playing their music, I'll try to jam as many Jacksons as possible. This is The Jacksons with 2300 Jackson Street, which features every goddamn Jackson except for the best one. Yes. Michael! No. Oh. Ruben. Yeah. Gary, Indiana's own. Tonto. Joe. Rebby Jackson appears with 22 other Jacksons, <laughs> including Janet, Jermaine, and Tito. And... Not Michael. Michael! Oh! But no fucking LaToya. Oh. Everybody else, but no She was LaToya. the only one to pose nude. Yeah, and she's the only one not there. In front of cameras. With a snake. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Michael, because Michael must have been like, I'm not doing your dumb song about the house of horrors we grew up in that turned me into an adult monster. And then Jermaine was like, we hired a chorus of children. And Michael was all, see you at the studio at 6 a.m. And Jermaine's like, we're starting at noon. I'll be there at 6 a.m. Yep. That's, that's... That's a Michael Jackson pedophile joke. Yeah. 
I've never you, heard one of those. Yeah, you're welcome, 1994. So this song is about growing up in Indiana and being beaten by their father, Joe, who sings on this song, I believe. Uh, this is uh, the crossroads of America, Indiana. Let me flip the page. Oh, here comes Joe, here comes Joe. Oh. You're flat! <laughs> you're flat, Jermaine! My mother always said if the country had diarrhea, it would come out in Indiana. Ooh. <laughs> See, we, we, I mean, in my family, we always call it the armpit of the Midwest. Uh, well, it was Ohio to my family. Uh, Indiana, the 19th state, is translated to the land of Indians, but it's mostly full of white people. Yeah. Translated translates to translated. They have the nickname Hoosiers. <laughs> no one knows what it means, but it's probably a pejorative. That's as much as they figured. And blowjobs are illegal, which some say is what killed Elvis as Indiana was his last stop. Uh, yeah. Wait, he was killed by a blowjob or uh, by lack, not getting a blowjob? Lack thereof. Okay. Do your research, Steve. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to get political, but I just want Trump supporters to understand his running mate is Mike Pence, who reigns over the land of illegal blowjobs. Mm -hmm. Vote for whoever you want. Yeah. We're yeah. just saying that blowjobs are illegal in Indiana, and the vice presidential candidate running with Donald Trump governed that state. That's all we're saying. But to be fair, Indianapolis is a lovely city, and it, it, hosts, is. it hosts most of uh, the... Designed by the same uh, architect or urban planner that did Washington, D.C., so it's very easy to navigate. Yes. Most of the, I was going to say, most of the Midwest's large events where they need to pick a city in the Midwest end up picking Indianapolis. It ain't Fort Wayne. I was actually in Indianapolis the weekend that they uh, demolished the dome. The, uh, was it the Hoosier Dome? Yeah, wow, Hoosier Dome then became the RCA Dome. I saw my first concert at Market Square Arena. Did you touch a boob there? Uh, on accident. Uh, uh, famous musicians from Indiana besides David Lee Roth, Axel and the Jacksons include Babyface, Cole Porter, Izzy Stradlin, yeah. Mars, Shannon Hoon, and I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but Hoagie it's probably Hoagie Carmichael. Hoagie yeah. Carmichael? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Mellencamp. Are you sure? Uh, I've, I've heard. I could be wrong. Let's get back on the bus. The GPS is set to 1990. This is the halfway mark, moving up one since Friday. <sighs> yeah, right? Yeah. Welcome, welcome to Trickster. This is the song, Give It To Me Good. This song is, this band is called Straightforwardster. Just kidding. It's, what, what's it really called, Steve? Well, like I just said, when you didn't do your bit, it's called Trickster. This song is called Give It To Me Good. This is an example of a band that never broke big on pop radio at all, but actually did try to follow the marketing formula. This was a huge hit on Dial MTV. It was a number 65 hit on the pop charts, if you can call that a hit. And kind of a middling success on mainstream rock radio where it hit number 26. Then there was a follow-up ballad called One in a Million that did not do as well. Ooh. Yes, Hunter, do you have a question? I, yes, I do have a question. Um, you said this is a huge hit on Dial MTV. I was wondering if you had a way of tracking Dial MTV. I'm not I did not. No, I but looked. the publicity I, material... I couldn't find one. Yeah. Trickster is one of the few bands where people who write about them on the internet will brag that this song was number one on Dial MTV. Ah, okay, so it's really... They are proud of their Dial MTV heritage. Got you. There, I did find numbers, but it was definitely... 
random. Like you had to look for a band and then you found it out. You could found out. You couldn't just. Oh, now it. it looks like JD has a question. Yes. JD, yes. JD, what's yes, your question? Steve. I was wondering if this song "Give It to Me Good" by Trickster is uh-huh. about sex. Is it a rock song? I believe that it is. But there it's, it is. But it's also we have to point out that Trickster. Uh, these guys were mostly teenagers when this song came out. They and, formed, also, and they were also tricksters. So. Yeah, like Loki. Like the trickster god Loki yes. and Wile E. Coyote. I uh, recently uh, speculated that one of the uh, guys in this band died in a dirt bike accident. I looked it up. I'm very pleased to say I was way off base. That unnamed musician is still alive. Wait, hold on. You know, Dave, save that for your what? special two-hour no, corrections no. episode. I, I see how you thought that because I watched a video for this song, and mo- most of it is a band uh, singing in some barn type of room. They got flannels, uh, they're showing off their awesome muscles. Yeah, because it not, was 1990. Not a, yeah. not a woman in sight. Not a woman in sight. But then it cuts to the band having a nice time in the countryside. They look like they're having fun. There's pickup truck filled with a tarp, uh, like a hillbilly swimming pool. They play football together. They, they Ooh, tackle. They, they do somersaults with girls. And then, yes, of course, there's clips of dirt biking inter- intercut with the guitar solo. And now get this. When the solo starts, the guitar player is playing two guitars at once. But after a few shots of dirt biking, he only has one guitar. Mm. That's some Paul is dead type shit right there. They, yeah. were, they were putting messages in your yeah. head. Deep band. Four, four or less studio Deep albums band. than Jackal. Uh, these I felt, guys, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, Steve. These guys actually formed in 1983, and their lead guitarist, Steve Brown, was only 12 years old. Uh, and they actually gigged around local clubs while they were still in junior high. I, I fell uh, down the Steve hole on this one, um, and I noticed that Edgar Winter once played saxophone on one of their tracks called One Mo Time, which is on the soundtrack to the Richard Grieco vehicle, If Looks Could Kill. Never a missed up with Edgar Winter. Or Richard Grieco. Bang Tango had a song called My Saltine on the same soundtrack. <laughs> My Saltine. Uh, well, yesterday, the uh, the smoking ban on all uh, domestic flights, uh, was it uh, under six hours, went into effect. Oh. And so, of course, I have to go to South Padre Island for a spring break, and we're booking it by Denmark. Oh. <laughs> I can't smoke on Oh, jeez. Actually, March 18th is my day to quit. Oh, Moving up one to number four on dial MTV. Another Curryism. Isn't that it's insane? He's, he's hosting this teen show just like joking about how much smoking. he loves smoking. Yeah. Crazy. Pro- probably How's he going to get through play. a whole airline flight without smoking? Have it go yeah. through Denmark. Wabam. Go this is Whoa. Badlands. This is the band Badlands with Dreams in the Dark. Isn't that all dreams? Most dreams. I actually remember some of my uh, daytime napping dreams better. Anyway. Am I the only one who listens to 5150 at night? Dreams in the dark? It's dumb. (laughs) It's dumb, but I like it. Badlands is another band whose follow-up ballad, in this case Winter's Call, did not perform as well as the lead single, Rocker. They're also a blues metal band that doesn't pay blues. Uh, they're like they're they're like a Led Zeppelin influenced type band that's actually good at what they do and not just ripping them off. They're a little more artistically elevated. No, this fu- this song is a fucking amazing. Thank you for putting it on this. Yeah, list. this is a fantastic song. Uh, Badlands was formed by guitarist Jake E. Lee after he got kicked to the curb by Ozzy Osbourne. He was the guy who played on Bark at the Moon. Uh, and they, they also featured singer Ray Gillen and drummer Eric Singer, both of whom had just gotten kicked to the curb by Black Sabbath. Uh, Gillen had just recorded vocals for the Sabbath album The Eternal Idol, and after his departure, the band re-recorded everything with their new singer, Tony Martin. 
So Ray doesn't actually appear on any official Sabbath releases. And after this album, uh, with Badlands debut, self-titled, uh, Eric Singer left to join Kiss. Uh, can I just say, I've never heard this song before. It's awesome. It's so great. And the singer is my hero. He's really he fantastic. so good. I love yeah. this. Er- Eric Gian? Ray Gian. Ray, Ray Gian. I love him. I want to adopt him. And I, w- I want to say that this super group works because they are already replacement parts in other bands. So they kind of <laughs> came together. They had to- something to prove. Yeah. They had they had a great breakup. They were talking shit about each other in Kerrang! magazine. Uh, Gillen left the band uh, before they were done, but still toured with them. And like pulled out the magazine on stage and started a fight in front of their crowd. You said this about me! And it turned into a whole thing. It was glorious. All played out in the pages of Kerrang! magazine. How could they let him go? He sings like a heavy metal angel. He's an American inspiration. You know, you know what? I'm going to go to the court tomorrow. I'm going to change my son's name to Ray Gillen Riznar. I love this guy that much. Yeah, Ray Riznar is a great name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put the brakes on that because as I was researching this, uh, Ray Gillen, we know this much, Ray Gillen died in 1993 of complications related to AIDS. Now, there are a number of rumors swirling as to how he got it, when he knew he had it, what he did afterwards. But there is one especially lurid rumor that after his diagnosis, he knowingly continued to have unprotected sex with groupies who got infected and died. Hey, court court judge, this is JD. I want to cancel that name change appointment tomorrow. Thank you very much. Goodbye, court judge. Too late! (laughs) That was improv, judge. Uh, There's also kind of a conspiracy theory-ish rumor that there's a secret deal between the groupies families in Atlantic that the first two Badlands albums will never be in print again. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's out there. That makes no fucking sense at all. This is just... These these metalheads were... were, Word of the day, quidnunks, a gossip or busybodies, because that makes no fucking sense how... They would want the albums to sell so they could sue the state, a state of Ray Gillen. Do you still have those word of the day calendars? Like you tear off the page yeah. every day? I looked, I tried to find a good, good word for busybody. JD improv judge told you no. <laughs> oh, good, good call. Good call. It was a complication in the scene. Here's the only video no. that has no movement at all today on dial stationary at number three. Yeah, I love this song. (laughs) Oddly enough, this is the song Adam Curry says has no movement. (laughs) Uh, This is is the Bullet Boys. Uh, In addition to being very on brand for us, Smooth Up Inya is probably the best and most memorable lyric by any of the second tier hair metal bands. Uh, I remember MTV playing this song and shortening the title to just plain smooth up so that if you read it on the screen, you wouldn't you wouldn't get the full salaciousness of it if you were a teenage male trying to hide it from your parents. This is uh, this band is fronted by lead singer Mark Torian. That's Mark with a Q. He was an unabashed disciple of David Lee Roth. And a fun fact for Dave, in 1987, Mark Torian was very briefly a member of King Cobra. Dave, you are the biggest King Cobra fan I know, by which I mean that you have mentioned them in conversation once or twice. Yeah, I like them. Uh, My uh, high school broadcasting teacher uh, was trying to show us how to use a turntable. Grabbed the only album in the the studio, and it was uh, King Cobra. My best friend Dave and I giggled. And then later, lead singer Mark... Torian. Mark Torian? No. That's the lead singer of the Bullet Boys. Oh. No, Mark... You're talking uh, about Mark Free. Mark Free, uh, lead singer of King Cobra in 1993, had sexual reassignment 
surgery oh. and became Marcy Free. Marsha? Marsha Free. I'm reading your notes better than you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm winging it. I'm not, on, I'm not on board. You're a winger. I actually looked it up and corrected Dave's notes, and he never reread them. Oh. You wrote Marcy. It's Marsha. Anyway. Oh, I didn't read JD's notes as well as JD. I love this song. I would give my scrotum and live the rest of my life with my balls outside of my body to hear Michael McDonald cover this song, Smooth Up In You. It'd be phenomenal. It would be. The lyrics and the lyrics are not very complicated. It's about, <laughs> it's about how Mark Torian wants to have casual sex with you, which involves him going smooth up in you. Back and, when... I love that term so much. It's like it's like mm. the hot dog of sex terms. I just love it. Yeah. I criticize Kiss on this show a lot for not developing their songs enough, like coming up with one good gimmick and then lazily writing it for three and a half minutes. But this is this song is an example of how to do that well. They came up with a great hook, and they write it the way they would ride you if you were to let them go smooth up in you. Great job by the Bullet Boys. Dave, I'm sorry, what did you want to say? Uh, I was in a gay bar one night with my former roommates, and it was a White Trash Wednesday metal night. I went up and requested this song, and the DJ played it, but he uh, said the band was the Bottom Boys instead of the Bullet Boys. How did the song go over? Really well. Uh, but then they just played a bunch of crappy techno. Uh, the White Trash Wednesdays moniker was misleading at best. Hunter, what is it? Hunter wants me to play this other version of the song. What's this all yeah, about? I, I want to. Uh, okay. Should I play it? Is that what you two are whispering about? Yeah, missing all your cues. Well, I, I asked him to add this. Here's the thing, Steve. This was for you. Um, I have a quick story. There was a, there used to be a website called Turntable FM. It was great. And it was great. And this is why I know about this hair metal. It would like let you play DJ. Yeah, you basically. could play DJ, but you also got voted up or down whether or not you could stay up and play DJ. So you have to pick up pick out good songs. And I always like to hit them with hit them with the high and hit them with the smooth up in you. And I played it one day, and the god of this hair metal room me and kicked me out of the room and told me it's because I played a substandard Bullet Boys version of Smooth Up In You. Well, he's a purist. In, yeah, excuse me. And he is a purist. Well, so here's the thing, Steve. You remember how we played that Michael Bolton note? Yes. Well, there's a very famous note at the beginning of this of this song. You left out the bit where Mark Torian re-recorded all of his material well, I was gonna for this, this Bullet Boys rip-off Shall we compilation. hear this? Shall we hear this? Yeah. Smooth up in ya! <laughs> right, oh, play, play the first one again. Just play the first okay. one. Okay. Smooth up in ya! Oh, that's okay. smooth. Okay. Yeah! Now, now play the next one again. Smooth up in ya! <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a man making fun of Mark Torian. So apparently what happened is, as Steve said, Mark Torian, in order to do his greatest hits, in order to reacquire the rights to him to, to release it on his own, I believe, he re-recorded his entire hits of the Bullet Boys, including this song, but he couldn't hit the fucking notes anymore. And play it one more time. Do it, listen to it one more time. Good try. Alright. Let's give it to Mark. Or, or yeah, Mark. Mark Curry? Is that his name? <laughs> Adam Torian. Mark Adam Torian. Adam Curry. Adam Curry. Let's give it to Adam Curry. Oh. Stevie Wonder now, uh, the jury decided that uh, he oh. did not rip Fun off. Fact. I just called yeah, to say I love you. Well, we all knew that. Didn't have to spend all of our taxpayers' money to find that one out. <laughs> My tax you know, dollars! I forgot to tell you that we have a new number one on dial today. That's right. Of course, that means Skid Row has to drop down to two. <laughs> 
What do you know? We did put Skid Row at number two. I fucking love this song. It's really great. This is Youth Gone Wild. This was their debut single. Uh, it got a ton of airplay on MTV, but it only peaked at number 99 on the pop charts, which is almost impossible to accomplish. And without having done any further research on what other songs peaked at number 99, I have to think this is the greatest number 99 hit of all time. Well, you're forgetting about Fat by Weird Al, but I'll give it to you. I did forget about Fat by Weird Al. I did some research and found that Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order, Sad But True but Metallica, both peaked at 98, mm. along with Susan Boyle's Wild Horses. Now that's a party I'd like to fuck at. Yeah. And I know you guys are making uh, your jokes right now, but I just want you to know that the correct answer actually is The Cure with In Between Days. Now, why did you do the air quotes around they, jokes? They peaked at 99. That's what These are all said. actual facts. These aren't jokes. JD would like to fuck at that party. I'd love to fuck it. Oh, hey, oh there's New Order. There's Metallica. Hey, Susan Boy, how's it going? Who wants to fuck? That would be me at that party. Uh. Then my I, wife would come you, out and go, I do. Let's uh, go. Probably have a hard time getting it up from Coke Dick. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, I mean, if that's... Uh, everybody knows Susan Boyle's a party animal. Give me another bump, Susan Boyle. Where's so, Skid Row? Here's, okay, so Skid Row, they were so successful, they were able to repeat the marketing formula twice. Uh, Youth Gone Wild was followed by 18 in Life, which went top five. Then they released the rocker, Piece of Me, as the third single. It wasn't even really that big on MTV, completely missed the charts. But they had to do that alternating thing before they released the second power ballad, I Remember You, which went top ten. So they did rocker ballad, rocker ballad, they pulled it off twice. I fucking love this album, and a fun fact about me, this album was playing when I had my very first makeout session, and I Remember You is still my top three power ballads of all time, not because of the makeout session, just because it's a great fucking song. And another fun fact about Dave, he's been jerking me off for the last five minutes. Yeah. Steve and Hunter have not flinched. Those guys are pros. I mean, we all saw it coming. Yeah, it's and not I'm really that I'm big sorry, guys. If Crazy. I were a, if I were a pro, it only would have taken me about three minutes. And we've also seen that a bunch of times. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Is that your improv? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anything more about these guys? Hey, uh, Did anybody okay. watch the show Supergroup in the aughts? No. I remember reuniting the band. Uh, they, they, so they formed a band with uh, Sebastian Bach, The Nude, Scott Ian, Jason Bonham, and Evan Steinfeld from Biohazard. The only thing I remember is when they tried to pick the name of the band to go with the theme. You ready for some names they rejected? Do raw, it. Raw Dog, God War, which is the reverse of Raw Dog. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the brainstorming ideas just kind of stop, you start spelling the things backwards. The noob suggested hunting deer with a bow and arrow, which then went to Celebutard, then Savage Animal, until they finally settled on Fist because they were like five fingers coming together. Then a producer told them off screen that there was already another na band named Fist. Yeah, they were British. And they, and, <laughs> yeah. and they settled with Damnocracy Ugh. because that was how the decision-making process went. <laughs> Skid Row, they are down from the top spots, which were there. They were number one on Friday, of course, here on MTV. Also, number one on dial is next after this. We've got to strengthen our needs. So what's, what's our an MTV show without having to sit through a te terrible, long commercial break? Yeah, with probably bad animation. You guys remember this commercial? No. Is this from Comedy Central? Ha. Oh, it's Ha? Strengthen our needs. 
strengthen our knees. Strengthen our knees for comedy. Oh, I remember it. I do not. It's a I bunch have of no recollection of this. It's a, it's a bunch of guys on the beach. Welcome back to Dial no, TV. No, number one ahead. is ready to go. Roll. Ahead, Adam. Sorry, Adam. Look back at the chart. Quite a lot of changes and a lot of movement. Down two to number ten today. Janet Jackson escapade. We see White Snake back on at number nine with the deeper the love. Enough, Wait. enough up Ooh. two to seven. Wait, these are the real ones. Six. Paula Abdul trying to crack that top three again. Up one hush, to four. Hush. It uh, goes nowhere. No, rush, well, rush. Good at number three. Skid Row is out of the top track. spot. Oh, you're thinking of Hush by uh, Deep Purple. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's on top. Without you is number one on Dial MTV. That's <laughs> That's not true. Without you, uh, Motley Crue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Except we're not doing ballads on this one. It's my own number one. And it's Warrant with Down Boys. Nobody epitomized Dial MTV-centric hair metal marketing better than Warrant. This is uh, easily, easily the most musically interesting thing Warrant ever recorded. Let me say that out loud again. This is the most musically interesting thing Warrant ever recorded. Okay, continue. He said easily also. Oh, okay. So it wasn't even a question. This song peaked at the exact same chart position as Up All Night by Slaughter, number 27. And both of those songs were beaten out by Winger's 17, which peaked at number 26. For some reason, there was a really oddly specific ceiling for these songs. Well, they don't go that high when you're singing about Down Syndrome. That's what Down Boys goes. That uh, means, right? Where yeah. do they go? It's so stupid. Uh, it'd be funny if the lead singer of this band picked the stage name Earl Warrant. That's a little 1960s Supreme Court humor for you. Uh, oh, Justice Earl Warrant. Yeah, exactly. It's for you uh, national security fans out there, like uh, former national security correspondent Eli Lake follows us on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, like Eli Lake and Palmer. <laughs> oh! Of course, I'm referring to John Palmer, the 15th governor of Illinois. Yeah, they had a guitar and drums duo, those two guys. Uh, like Skid Row, Warrant also pulled off the alternating double ballad trick. Down Boys was followed by Heaven, which almost hit number one. Did it hit number one and a half? No, it just hit number two. And that was followed by a flop rocker called Big Talk, Ooh, which peaked rock. at number 93. <laughs> flop rock. You love flop rock. It's like cop rock, but floppier. With huge wangs. <laughs> Big Talk peaked at number 93 on the Hot 100. I Wait. saw it on MTV maybe once. Did you invent the term flop rock? Apparently. Yay! Flop rock. <laughs> Figure out a genre for it. I saw these guys on the Rock Never Stops Wait, tour. Wait, I wasn't and... done yet. i got to explain the second power ballad. <laughs> they went Wait, top... hold on, Dave. He's they not went... done yet. They Sorry. went top 20 again with their second power ballad, Sometimes She Cries, because they were very sensitive for it. Okay, Dave, go ahead. Glad you got that in. Uh... I had to finish explaining the double ballad trick. Right. Here's a sweet solo. I'll I get saw. To that in a second too. I saw these guys in '98 on the Rock Never Stops tour. Did you touch a boob? Uh, I, I did. All actually. right. Uh, Eventually, we're gonna have every song you've ever touched. My a boob friend, to my on friend this Ryan. Show. I like grabbed it, gave it a good shake. Oh. Um, they introduced this song. Jane, Janie Lane had this whole like. All right, people say a lot of things about what we do, but people say we're kind of foul mouth. And he says, but if you don't like it, you probably shouldn't fucking be here. And the crowd went nuts. The dude I was with had he seen him like fuck. two or three times before. Apparently he'd been introducing the song the same way this entire time, and it was just really, really sad. Like, like what, what, what year was 19- this again? This was 98. My friend had seen him in like 87 and you 89. You saw Warrant in 1998. Yeah. Rock Never Stops. I think, <laughs> uh, who else was there? Probably 
Probably Skid Row. Probably Cinderella. Probably Adam Curry. Maybe Enough's Enough. Hey, I want to get back to that guitar solo. Uh, a while back when I was working in the dregs of reality TV, I'm a couple levels up from dregs now, uh, I worked with the daughter of professional hard rock guitarist Mike Slamer from the British band City Boy. And apparently not only City did he Boy. play... Not only did he play all the solos on Warren's first album, but he was actually teaching the guys in the band how to play solos. And I bring this up because you can pretty much verify that story on the internet now. I also heard that Warren offered Mike a choice of co-writing credit or a flat fee on Heaven, and thinking that the song was going nowhere, he chose the flat fee. Wow, that story's like a shitty version of Inside Llewellyn Davis. How do you say that? Llewellyn Davis. Llewellyn. Llewellyn Davis. This is the only band on the countdown with more uh, studio albums than Jackal. Well, what a great way to end it. What did we miss? I kind of like Danger Danger, Naughty Naughty. It's one of the only songs I remember from Dial TV. But like Steve said in his intro, I was one of the Headbanger Ball, Headbangers Ball guys as opposed to Dial MTV. Oh, it's so, so cool. much better oh. than Dial MTV. Touch the boom, Adam Curry would Adam Curry would stab you in the balls with a fire poker. I'd see him coming with his uh, giant hair a mile away. <laughs> I did consider Naughty Naughty for this list. It would have fit the criteria, but I left it out on the grounds that it kind of sucks. Was Sportin' Woody ever on Dial MTV? No, uh, Dangerous Toys, uh, their big Dial MTV song dangerous. was Scared. Ah. That was their big one. I did consider scared for this as well. Ugh. I would have picked Striper with Free, which was... I. It's great. Have really? you heard that? No, I don't like Ex Striper. Oh. This guy. Yeah. I mean, talk about an in-betweener. The only reason why it got played on MTV is because the religious called in. To dial MTV and got it all the way to oh, number that one. Makes sense. This was like either I know for sure this was at least the second number one striper song from uh, "To Hell with the Devil," uh, but it possibly could have been the third. But "Free" is definitely the deep cut off of it, and it's incredible. And it should have made the list. I think that was slightly before I started watching Dial MTV, so I don't remember it that well. And so you, uh, you had a song on the on your rough list called Sleeping the Day Away by a band called DAD, and I would have liked to have included that so I could share, as the only dad on the podcast, that I never get to sleep the day away. That's all. DAD actually stands for Disneyland After Dark, but they couldn't call themselves... I think they were Danish, but they couldn't call themselves that in America because Disneyland was trademarked. Well, all I care is I'm a dad and I can't sleep too long. That's all. Well, that's a that's a weird name, Disneyland After Dark. All right, so next episode, Dave, what, it's song sequels. Yeah, uh, we're talking about It's Still Summer and blockbuster sequels, but fuck that. My friend Casey and I were talking about genres, and he said song sequels. I thought it was a good one. I'm going to do it. We'll play a little bit of the original song, a little bit of the sequel. It's going to be a lot of fun. Different, I think it will be. I think different it will kind be. of show. It's great, yeah. weird sequels you've never heard of. Yeah. It's, Some will blow your mind. It's going to be great. Find this week's Bald Metal 2 Dial MTV Rock playlist by following J.D. Risner on Spotify. Go to Feral Audio for show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow J.D. at J.D. Risner. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Go to YachtRock.com for a useful experience. Yay. Watch our web show. Buy t-shirts. We'll, we'll read more about we the podcast. We got t-shirts. We got t-shirts for sale. Check out the blog. 
And thanks to uh, Adam Curry for coming in, doing the bumpers for us. Remember Great guy. All, Thank you, Adam. Remembering everything you said in 1990 oh, on that out, random day. Word for word. He's out having a cigarette. A little less hairspray next time. Uh, additional bumpers by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to producer uh, Dustin Marshall for... I didn't, I didn't come up with anything this time. Well, we should come up with it on the fly. Uh, thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for dialing MTV. All right. He has a full head of hair, that Dustin. Yeah. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. Um, and let's let Adam Curry take us out of this. Tomorrow during Full Tilt, we'll open up those phone lines once again so you can call in and vote for your favorite video of the day. Here's what's coming up this uh, this evening at 7 o'clock, Colin Quinn's Manly World. He'll, be, uh, he'll do the entire Jamaican bobsled team Whoa. tonight on the show. We just can't wait that to see that. Uh, at 7.30, Remote Control, another can't fine wait. episode with Listen. Gunther, the wild animal tamer. He'll pull out his mallard of mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening to this channel? At 8, 8, 8 o'clock, Mario Joyner will be in your special guest DJ for the primetime hours. Right now, Martha Quinn is standing by. She promised me she'll roll out Hotel California by the Eagles. Ooh. So I'll be waiting for that and I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. The show is like Martha Quinn's classic MTV. The channel is Today's nine Dial years MTV old. is sponsored by Skittles. Skittles? I was in a Skittles commercial. And this is the theme song for Martha Quinn's classic MTV. It's a 50s theme song. <laughs> oh, the name of the show is Classic MTV. Yeah. So Martha Quinn was doing a theme show, Classic MTV, when MTV was nine years old, yeah. playing Hotel California, which came out before MTV existed, with a theme song from the 50s. Mind-blowing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night.